Thanks for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Thanks again and enjoy today's message from Pastor Jim Q. We started a sermon series last week that that I've, I've been anticipating teaching for a year and a half. I outlined this sermon series a year and a half ago. You ever read something, you're all, man, I really like that. So I read Psalms 27, and God gave me revelation, but God didn't give me permission to talk about it. So for a year and a half, I've been waiting to preach this series. And I feel like now's the time. And so we started a series last week titled Fearless Faith. We live in a time where we need faith that is absolutely fearless because the world is just flat gone mad. Amen? Amen. Like I look around and I am just amazed at the stuff that's happening around us. But you know what? It's happening around us. And it might be happening to us, but it is not happening in us. We carry the Spirit of God in us. God gave us the Spirit of God to be a reflection of Him to the world that's gone crazy. But these things we realize in faith, in a faith that is fearless, that stands in the, in the face of society and says, that's not true. What is true is the Word of God. The Word of God is true. And I am confident in the Word of God, which is in who God is, which is what we talked about last week, that we can have confidence in our fearless faith that God is who He says He is, which He is the light. He is the one that reveals darkness to us and draws that darkness out of us. Light cannot stay, or darkness cannot stay where there is light. Turn on any light source, and regardless of how deep and dark the darkness is, the darkness has to flee. God is that light for us. Amen? That's the confidence we can have, that in revealing the truth to us is the light, we have the hope of salvation. And in the hope of salvation, we know that God defends those who belong to Him. Man, I tell you, I left here last week, I was excited. Y'all ever just, well, I probably, maybe not, I don't know. I was about to say, y'all ever preach yourself happy? You should. Because you could preach yourself happy in your own house. Read the Word, start mulling it over in your head, start thinking about how awesome God is, how big He is, how, how He loves you, how He wants to take care of you, how, in fact, He has taken care of you. And you'll, sh- you'll shout yourself happy. Encourage yourself in the Lord. That's what fearless faith does. That's what fearless faith that is confident in who God is does and that's what we talked about last week I want to start a different conversation or not really a different conversation but a another conversation today out of the same psalm psalm 27 like I said we're going to spend four weeks here and this is the reason I teach in sermon series because the word of God is so profound so deep so rich so wide that I, I couldn't do Psalm 27 justice in one teaching. But I think, I, I don't know that I can do it justice in four. But God is incredible. And so we're starting a lesson today titled, Fearless Faith is Expectant. We talked about last week how it's confident. Today I want to talk to you about expectation. 
we have to have expectation. It's the, the very definition of faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says it's the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. You know what assurance is? Assurance is expectation. I have expectation that God is going to do what he says he'll do, that he'll be who the word of God says that he'll be, and that I will respond properly when he does what he says he'll do. And that's a short skinny of what I want to talk about today. That hope without expectation isn't hope at all. Can I ask you, how many of you guys have prayed this week? All right, amen. That's good. That's good. How many of you guys prayed this week absolutely certain that God wasn't going to answer that prayer? Because why would you pray? If you don't have an expectation that God is going to answer your prayer, keep your mouth shut. But the fact of the matter is, the Bible says that God does hear our prayers. I know sometimes it's the basic, simple truths that are so profound, but we say stuff for the sake of saying stuff to look good, when in fact we have no expectation sometimes that God's going to actually do what He says He's going to do. I'll tell you, there are times when I can have greater expectation for you than I can have for myself. I, I can expect, I believe that God's going to show up in your life. But sometimes I struggle with that expectation if He's going to show up in mine, regardless of the fact that the Word of God says that He will. And so I'm going to talk to you about expectation from a place of vulnerability. I'm preaching myself happy today. I'm preaching myself confident today. I'm preaching myself expectant today because I want you to be expectant. That what God says you have, you have. That he's not a liar. He's never lied. If it says it in his word, it's true. If he's made provision for it, he's, you're going to get it. And I'm not talking about prosperity gospel. I'm talking about the truth of God's word. We can receive what God says He will have us receive. How? When we are consistently expectant. The Bible says, delight in the Lord. And He will do what? Anybody got an idea? He will give you the desires of your heart. Man, that's beautiful. We love that because we're all, God's going to give me the desires of my heart. And then I walk around and I start asking for a bunch of stuff in my own flesh and it doesn't show up. And I'm wondering, well, that's, that didn't happen. God must be lying to me. Well, the fact of the matter is you didn't do the if part first. You serve an if-then God. If you delight in the Lord, then he will give you the desires of your heart. You know what delight in the Lord means? That means find joy in God, which means pursue God the way that you should pursue God. You want to know how to be expectant? Be a person that loves God and expects God to show up according to the ways that would bring Him joy, not you. And as you do that, this is what's going to happen. The desires of your heart will change, and God will give you those desires because they'll be in line with His desire. That is so good. But we are still called to pursue. Matthew 7, 7 reads like this. Ask, and it will be given to you. Just so you know, that's expectation. Seek, and you will find. Just so you know, that's expectation. Knock, and it will be open to you. Guess what? That's expectation. And then he continues in 7, 8, For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks 
it will be opened. Don't you just love that black and white way that the Word of God can speak to you? If you'll, don't, try to, don't try to make it something it's not. Just let it speak to you where it is. If I ask, if I seek, if I knock, God answers that question. God makes himself known, and he opens that door. It says that he will do it. That, that should cause us to walk in expectation that he will do what? It, whatever it is, according to his word. As long as we're doing what the word says, which is delight in the Lord, have the same heart that the Lord has, and he will give us that which we ask for, that which we seek for, and that which we knock for. But we should be people of high expectation. I want us to be people of high expectation. Jesus Christ died so we could be people of high expectation. He gave us salvation so we can be people of high expectation. Fearless faith is expectant. You know what it's expectant for? It's expectant for the promises of God, for the word of God. It's expectant that this word is absolutely true. And if it says that I have it, guess what? I have it. If it says I don't have it, guess what? I don't have it. And even if it says I have it, and I'm not received it yet, maybe it's an issue with you. Because there are hindrances to your expectation. And that is, do you live a lifestyle of repentance? Do you seek the face of God? Are you obedient? Do you treat your wife right? You're all, what? The Bible says if you don't treat your wife right, your prayers will be hindered. A couple of y'all just had a light bulb going. Well, that's the reason. That's, that's the secret. Treat your wife right. Some of y'all know that already because you walk in here with a black eye. Wives, treat your husbands right too. Amen? Amen? My point is, the desires of your heart, the ask, seek, and knock, isn't a paintbrush we get to paint in our flesh. It's a paintbrush we get to use as we delight in the Lord, obedient to the Lord, according to His Word. Man, I wish I could, I wish I could receive that. If it's in this Bible, and it says that you can have it, and you don't have it, guess what? God didn't lie to you. You got some evaluating to do. It's time for you to look at yourself, filter your own life through the Word, and ask, am I being who God calls me to be? Because God answers the prayer of who? A righteous man. A righteous man prayers avail much. Oh, that's good preaching right there, Pastor Jim. I'm trying to help you. I want you to be expectant. I want you to understand that, that we can expect from God. You know what's cool about the seek or ask, seek, and knock? is that it's written in the active tense. Which means ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. Seek and keep on seeking. Because it's probably not God. It's probably you. Hmm. Be people of expectation. This is what David is. This is... This is what David shows us in verses 4 through 6 of Psalm 27. 
that we can be expectant as he is expectant. Let me read this text to you. One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. He says one thing. They're kind of all wrapped up together, but there's actually three sub-things. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. Let me repeat, God has never lied to you. He will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. And now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing yes. I will sing praises to the Lord. Amen. That is so good. Let me explain to you real quick why I think that's so good. First and foremost, fearless faith. Like David, ask expectantly. It asks expectantly. What is David asking for? David's asking to dwell in the house of God. He's asking, God, before I ask for anything, can I just be in your presence? I just want to dwell with you. I want to live with you. I want to be in your presence. This is a prayer that, this is a good prayer. Because you know what? Until we're with God, we shouldn't be asking anything of God. Too many people seek the presence of God, P-R-S-E-N-T-S, over the presence of God, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. If you're only trying to spend time with God for what he can give you, let me tell you, he's not going to give you what you want because you haven't delighted in the Lord first. I'm talking to somebody here today. Oh, it's me. (laughs) But he wanted to be with God. He wanted to be with God every day, not just in the church house. The great thing about the new covenant is that we get to take the church house with us that we get to keep the Holy Spirit with us, that we get to be in the presence of God with us all the time, with us, in us, that He works through us. But you know what we need to do? We need to recognize and walk in expectation that He is with us. We need to have, and I have used this terminology a thousand times, a God consciousness. I am not going to sin if my grandpa was standing, if I was, if I was cussing. And I said a cuss word, my papa was standing right here, he'd knock my teeth out. And his wrath is not perfect, or was not perfect. And yet we feel comfortable doing the same thing in the presence of the Almighty God. The all-powerful God. We ask God to dwell with us. Are we living a life that God wants to dwell with us? Are we living in holiness? Are we walking out Christ's likeness? You're all, Pastor Jim, you're asking too much, man. I can't be holy. Jesus did it. You know why Jesus did it? Jesus, fully flesh and fully God, was tempted in every way imaginable and never sinned. If Jesus did it, we can at least try to do it. Stop telling ourselves, man, I I can't be holy. The Holy Spirit lives in you. You can strive towards holiness. Not only should you strive towards holiness, you're called to. For to be called to be with Christ is to walk as Christ walked. But we have to dwell with Him. I, f- I feel David. 
and this expectation that he has to be in the presence of God. This desire, this intensity that he has to be in the presence of God. He says this in Psalm 63, 1. Oh God, you are my God. That's not redundant. That's a man that's amazed. He said, I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Any of you guys ever been thirsty? Yeah? I ain't talking about 2020 thirsty. I ain't talking about 1990 thirsty. I'm talking like tobacco fields, 1930, been out there all day thirsty. Where you know if I don't get a drink of water right now, I'm going to die. My tongue's sticking to the roof of my mouth. I can't get anything done. If you've ever been that thirsty, you'll understand the desire that David had to be in the presence of God. That's how we should desire to be in the presence of God. That we should be so thirsty for him, so in need of his presence, that we pursue him in expectation that he's actually going to show up. Let me dwell with you, Lord. This is what Moses said in Exodus 33. He asks, God, you're sending us up from here. I'm not going to turn to that text, but in Psalm 33, I encourage you to go read it, starting in, I think, verse 12. He says, you, you've, you've given me a mission. You've given me assignment. I'm not leaving here unless your spirit goes with me. This is how we should roll out of bed every morning, in expectation that God's going to show up and go with us. You know why? Because he will. Because when he goes with us, when we allow him to use us, work through us, walk in us, then he's glorified. And we know that he does everything that he does for one purpose, which is what? His own glory. But we have to seek that God. We have to look for that God. We have to desire in expectation that he's actually going to give it to us. Must have a desire to dwell with him. That he dwell in us. Am I making it clear enough? But that's not it. David expected to be amazed by God. And the second thing, the second subtext, he said, To behold the beauty of the Lord. Revelation chapter 4 gives you just a couple of verses of what the throne room of God looks like. And just in those couple of verses, it, it's, it's unimaginable. I can't get my finite mind around it. But I haven't had a revelation of the throne room of God like John had. How am I supposed to know? How am I supposed to walk in expectation of the beauty and magnificence of God? The Word of God tells us how to do that. Romans 1, I think verse 20. I have it written down. I'm sure that's the address. Yeah. It said that creation bears evidence of God. But not just that. This is how it says it. For since the cre creation of the world, his invisible attributes, that means his qualities and characteristics, his eternal power, which means his absolute strength, and his divine nature, which is who he is inherently, have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse 
when I cry out for the beauty of God and I have no revelation of what that looks like, you know what I do? I go outside and sit in the grass and watch the grass grow. You know why the grass grows? Grass grows for no other reason than to show me that God exists. And that grass is beautiful. I've been all over this country and several places around the world. I've seen incredible things of nature. I've seen mountain peaks. I've seen lush valleys. I've seen mountainside lakes just barely covered over with ice. The sun hits it just right. I've been in a desert hundreds of miles from the nearest town and watched a sunset. Been in that same desert, looked up after it got dark, dark and could see literally the billions and billions and billions of stars. So many of them, it looks like they're laying on top of each other, just layered over and over and over again. Let me tell you, the stars you see here, you'll never look at another sky after you go to the desert. Why do all these things exist? Not to mention the incredible nature that we live, that wildlife that's out there. You ever watch a, I know Brother Leonard has, DW, you ever watch a sun come up in the morning and reflect off a turkey's feathers? Man, you're thinking, it's a turkey. Most brilliant, luminescent thing you'll ever see. You know why God put that there? So you could see how beautiful he is. He desires to be with you. We should walk in expectation that God's going to show us how beautiful he is. Man, that's so good. You know why it's good? Because it, I just got goosebumps. You know why that's so good? Because it builds a fearless faith in me. God's going to walk with me and he's going to show me how beautiful he is. This is what Moses said going back to the 33 text, Exodus 33. He said, God, show me your glory. What if we stepped out of our house every day or out of our bed and said, God, today I got one desire, to be with you and you show me your glory. Show me the full weight or the amount of weight that I can stand without dying or kill me and take me on. But show me your beauty. Show me your glory. Show me how awesome you are. And then finally, David expected revelation of God. It says, the third thing that he asked for, and to meditate in his temple. What's the purpose of meditation? The purpose of meditation is revelation. I read the word of God. I, t I think I showed, told you guys this week. I get asked, I told you that last week. I get asked how, how, how many passages, what's your reading plan? Do you do an annual reading plan? Or how do you, how do you determine what you're going to read out of the Bible today or whatever? The answer to that question is I open my Bible and I read until something grabs a hold of me. And I know it's for me most often when I can't understand it myself. And I start meditating on that word. And I start processing that word through the finite mind that I have. And I ask God, God, give me revelation. As I meditate, show me who you are. What is it you want me to know here? Some of us think, man, I, 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 can't, get, I can't get revelation like you've got. Yes, you can. You know why? Because God reveals himself in his word. You want to know about God? Everything God wants you to know about God is in this word. Is this all there is to know? Absolutely not. But this word, 
blows my mind. I think if he put anything else in here, I, I couldn't handle it. He gave me exactly what I needed to know and more than I could ever grab a hold of in his word. Well, Pastor Jim, you're a pastor. You get revelation. I've said this a thousand times. Listen to me. There is no special revelation for pastors or elders or deacons. There is no special revelation. There is only revelation for those who meditate and are obedient to the Word of God. Man, I want to know more about God. Read your Bible. I want to know more about God, but your Bible's sitting in the back seat of your car from Sunday afternoon till Sunday morning. I want to know more about God. You don't even know where your Bible is. People will be all, well, I use the Bible on my phone. Well, that's cool. I'm not knocking that. I prefer a paper Bible. But I guarantee you there's somebody walks into church every Sunday saying, I use the app on my phone because they don't know where their Bible is. We've got to get comfortable with this word. But let me take that back. We have to be willing to get uncomfortable with this word. Amen? Let this word build fearless faith in you. I love that David was so intentional to ask for these three things. That he didn't slack off or back off or try to be something that he's not. He just said, listen, I just need, I need you, God. I need to know how beautiful you are, and I need to know more about you tomorrow than I know today. That's expectation. That's the expectation that builds fearless faith. I would be super pleased to find out that every person in this congregation for one month woke up and asked for these three things. God, that you, that you walk with me today, that you show me how beautiful you are today and give me revelation from your word today. Let me tell you, you'd be a whole new person in 30 days if you prayed that sincerely. You'd be a whole new person in one day if you prayed that sincerely because you build an appetite for what you eat. And if you get joy in the first day after doing these three things, which I guarantee you'll have, you're going to want that same joy tomorrow and then the same joy the next day regardless of what's happening around us. That's the great thing about the joy of the Lord is it doesn't go away based on my circumstance or my situation. I just have to ask. I have to walk in expectation with fearless faith that says, God, give me these things. The second thing I would tell you is that that same fearless faith expects to receive them. In, verses, in verse 5, it says, In the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. Did you hear that? Let me bring to your attention the text of the word for a minute. I want you to find anything within verses 4 through 6 that are present tense or past tense. Everything he's asking for is future tense. Will you? I will. That's faith. He's saying, I'm expecting you to show up. 
I'm expecting you to do what I'm asking you to do. He expects to receive. What does he expect to receive? Those three things, but also that in those three things, God will conceal him, God will hide him, and God will lift him up. This is for us. Man, my life is a shambles. My enemies are surrounding me. How do they prosper when I'm not prospering? We ask ourselves so many questions. How, how does death happen? They were faithful. When in fact, the Bible tells us that if we have faith to believe that he is with us, that he is beautiful, and that he wants to give us revelation, that in that revelation, he will conceal us, hide us, and lift us up. He hasn't forgotten us. I don't enjoy it. Well, I do enjoy it. That's the reason why I say it. But I, I, don't, I don't use the words, hold me in your righteous right hand for no reason. Because the, I say it because the Bible says he will hold you in his righteous right hand. Angela and I have a friend, and I won't name her. But God will literally hide you from your enemies. We have a friend who had been in prison. She got out of prison, was on parole. She ended up in a situation around drugs and other parolees that would have gotten her put back in prison. I don't know if she was partaking in any of that. I just know she happened to be there at the same time that the police raided her house or raided that house. And she said, I laid there in bed in my bedroom and I just prayed, God, God, don't let them see me. God, don't, don't, don't let them arrest me. Don't let them see me. Don't let them see me. They cleared that house. I used to be a SWA guy. They cleared that house. Her laying in bed. Never addressed her, never talked to her, walked out of that bedroom like they never saw her. And she serves the Lord with everything she has right now. You think God can't do the same thing for you? My world's upside down. Trust God to hide you and conceal you and to protect you and to lift your head. Because he will. You can expect that he will because the word says that he will. Isn't that good? Not only that we should expect to receive, but we should have the proper response when we, in our expectation. Fearless faith responds appropriately to answered expectation. It's okay to ask. It's okay to have confidence. And you should ask with expectation. You could have confidence with expectation. But when that prayer is answered, you better be a person of expectation too. The Word of God says in verse 6, And now my head will be lifted up about my enemies around me. So he's all, I'm not talking about this anymore. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. I've seen the beauty of God. I am in the presence of God. And I've been given revelation of God. And He has promised me in those things that He will conceal me and hide me and keep me. And so now my head is lifted up. I shall not be shaken. I will stand firmly and confidently in the faith that God has given me. And then he says this, And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing yes. I will sing praises to the Lord. you got to have your yes on the table before you expect God to show up. 
People are, man, I wish I knew what God wanted for me. God will tell you if you'll tell him yes first. Because we pray, we're all, God, I'll do whatever you want to. Well, I need you to be a missionary to Africa. Well, God, I don't want to do that. Or, God, I'll do whatever. Yeah, I make it easier because some of us are there. God, I'll do whatever you want. Go cut your neighbor's grass. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. I, well, my calendar's full. We better have the right in our expectation. We better respond appropriately, which is to shout with joy that we have expectation, that he has endowed us with fearless faith. Shout with joy. Sing praises to the Lord. So many of us have asked God for great things. So many of us have seen God do great things. What have you done with what He's given you? What He's shown you? What He's blessed you with? The health in your body. The salvation of your kids. Because let me tell you, if it doesn't start and end with shouts of joy to the Lord and making Him known to the people around you, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Because God does everything that He does for His own glory. And He deserves, since He gave us faith that is fearless, and because we can walk in confidence and expectation, He should expect that we glorify Him with our testimony. How do you think people get along? How do I came to the Lord under another man's testimony. It caused me to ask the question or make the statement, if God can do that for him, he can do that for me. You know, I didn't even know at that point that the Bible said that, that God's not a respecter of persons. I just trusted. I just knew. Prodded by the Holy Spirit that he saved that guy, he'll save me. And I'll tell you, if he'll save me, he'll save you. Because I am, at least in this room, I know, the chief of sinners. Or I was. But God is good. Amen. I want you to pray that prayer this week. God, walk with me. Show me your beauty. And give me revelation of who you are. And then tell him in that prayer, and I will glorify you when you do with everything, and until you do with everything that I am.